good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this week's Keeping an Eye on the Geopolitical Ball with me, Jamie Shea, Senior Fellow at Friends of Europe. Well, Winston Churchill famously said that there was only one thing worse than fighting with allies, it was fighting without them. Um, and at a time when the West is under a lot of strain geopolitically, the cohesion of alliances such as NATO becomes ever more important. And that's why when one ally doesn't really seem uh, to be fully in line uh, with the policies of all of the other allies, there is not only a lot of criticism directed at that recalcitrant ally, but a sense that that ally could be undermining the entire enterprise. And certainly Turkey uh, has come in for its share of criticism in this respect in recent months. Uh, it had held up for over a year uh, until recently the admission of Sweden uh, into uh, the alliance. It's constantly been at loggerheads with the United States over the arming of Kurdish Syrian uh, groups that have been fighting the Islamic uh, uh, State. Recently, President Erdogan has even claimed support for Hamas, uh, which the United States and many other allies, particularly in the wake of what's been going on in Gaza, have condemned as a terrorist organization. Uh, this, coupled with some of the human rights issues inside Turkey, has led many commentators to argue that Turkey doesn't really belong in NATO, its membership should be uh, suspended, or that at the alliance should keep Turkey uh, at arm's length. But would this really, from a geopolitical perspective, and that's of course the uh, uh, the major objective of, of these programs, to look at geopolitics, would this be wise? I personally don't think so. I think that there are many more arguments, despite the difficulties, for keeping Turkey inside the tent than outside the tent. The first thing is, don't forget, that it constitutes the second largest army uh, in uh, NATO. Uh, at the moment, NATO is exercising in Europe, in an exercise called Steadfast Defender, its regional defence plans. And Turkey provides over 50% of the ground forces for that regional plan. It provides 30% of all of the ships in NATO's standing maritime units. And it's just agreed to take over the command uh, of the NATO multinational battalion, which is going to be stationed in uh, Hungary. At the same time, Turkish real estate is vital for NATO's collective defence. Uh, in Izmir, you have Landsat, uh, NATO's uh, uh, Eastern Mediterranean uh, planning uh, headquarters. Turkey plays host to important air bases like Incirlik and Diyarbakir, which have been used by the United States and Germany and other allies uh, in the past. And it hosts the radar, which controls NATO's uh, strategic missile defense uh, capability. So if you took Turkey out of NATO, it would certainly reduce not just NATO's geography, but NATO's geopolitical heft in the same way that taking Britain out of the EU has considerably uh, narrowed the EU's influence on the global stage, as well as its combined uh, GDP. At the same time, Turkey has been criticised for not imposing sanctions uh, against Russia after its invasion of Ukraine. That is true. But bear in mind that Turkey has kept Russian warships out of the Black Sea uh, by uh, imposing the Montreux Convention, which regulates warships in the Black Sea. It's been demining the Black Sea, making it easier for Ukraine uh, to export uh, uh, its grain to international markets. Uh, and just this week, uh, a big Turkish arms manufacturer, Bakyar, 
which produces the famous Bioreactor TB2 and TB3 drones, announced the creation of a new plant to, to produce these uh, drones within uh, uh, Ukraine itself. And, and Turkey has been instrumental in organizing uh, the exchanges of prisoners of war between uh, Russia and Ukraine as well. At the same time, Turkey has a very good extensive network of partnerships, which is perhaps, uh, apart from the United States, unique in the alliance. It has relations with countries in the Caucasus, in Central Asia, uh, extensively in the Middle East, and most recently, Turkish influences have been growing in Africa as well. And at a time when the alliance is looking to the south, uh, as much as it's looking to the east and trying to build bridges with different civilizations, particularly uh, in the uh, uh, the Islamic uh, world or Muslim countries, uh, having Turkey as that big bridge builder is useful. This is not to say that all is hunky-dory, uh, no clouds on the horizon. Of course there are concerns, for example, over NATO's role in dealing with uh, terrorism, where uh, Turkey has constantly pushed for the Allies to recognize the PKK, the Turkish Separatist Party, as a terrorist organization. Although NATO has tendered an olive branch to Turkey recently by appointing a NATO counterterrorism coordinator. There have also been arguments over the importance of the South. The Turks have argued with some logic that NATO's collective defense clause, Article 5, doesn't just apply to Russia in the Baltic states or Poland, but could apply to Syria or other powers threatening Turkey uh, in the uh, Middle Eastern uh, uh, region. And Turkey has constantly said that the NATO's reinforcements should not just go east, but should go south as well. There's also been disputes over uh, weapons sales. Turkey has been barred from, uh, for example, the American F-35 uh, program, or, although recently it was granted the right to buy a number of modernized American F-16 uh, uh, aircraft. It was heavily criticized for buying S-400 Russian air defense missiles uh, just a few uh, uh, years ago. Uh, and, and of course, uh, Turkey believes that in a NATO alliance, uh, bilateral disputes should not hold up important weapons sales and co-production agreements, which cost billions of dollars and, and are vital for the long-term defense of not just countries, but the alliance uh, in uh, uh, general. But beyond these disputes, the big question for all of us is, okay, if Turkey is in NATO uh, and Turkey is as valuable to NATO as NATO is as valuable to Turkey, what should the future uh, of the uh, uh, arrangement look like? How can we get more value out of having Turkey in the alliance? Well, just a couple of quick thoughts. Number one, uh, military production. At a time when the EU and NATO have come up with ambitious defence production plans and both organisations have put money into uh, producing more 1.5mm ammunition, accessing the growing and highly modern Turkish defence industry. Uh, Turkey is building, for example, its own uh, sixth-generation aircraft. I've mentioned already Turkey's expertise in drones as well as electronics could be very useful to the European Union as well as NATO. So how, for example, can we bind Turkish defence industry more closely uh, into this overall effort? For example, that Turkish uh, aircraft project, could it be combined with the British-led project together with Japan and Italy to build the Tempest sixth-generation aircraft. Secondly, energy security. 
relations between Greece and Turkey have improved in recent times. Uh, and so hopefully they can put their disputes in the eastern Mediterranean to rest for a while and cooperate on exploiting the very important natural gas reserves off the coast of Israel and Egypt uh, and Cyprus, which have been recently discovered. That would be an important factor uh, as uh, the EU uh, winds down its procurement of Russian oil and gas in ensuring the EU's long-term energy security. The Western Balkans. Turkey was one of the first countries to deploy extra forces to Kosovo recently when violence broke out. It has a great deal of influence in the Western Balkans. Another time when the North Atlantic Council last week visited Bosnia and sec the Secretary General of NATO, Jens Stoltenberg, ha has also been visiting the region. Having Turkey as a way to increase NATO's diplomatic as well as military role in the Western Balkans, particularly in Bosnia and Kosovo, could be useful. The Middle East is important as well. We're on the cusp of perhaps an escalation of the violence in the Middle East beyond Gaza, no matter how dramatic the situation there, as uh, Iran and its proxies, the Houthis in Yemen, for example, Hezbollah in Lebanon, uh, the groups in Iraq attacked by the United States only yesterday, become more involved. And Turkey is a big factor in helping to calm down the situation, potentially, uh, and in helping NATO to have more uh, of a dialogue on how it can uh, prevent the Middle East turning into a threat as significant as that posed by Putin in Ukraine at the moment. Finally, Russia. Turkey is often criticized because it keeps up a conversation with Putin, and Putin has even been invited to visit Ankara. Uh, in the next uh, uh, few months. But NATO and Russia will have to come to some kind of understanding in the future beyond Ukraine uh, based on arms control agreements, confidence building, transparency measures. Uh, even if they're never going to be friends, they have to stop a situation where they go to war with each other. And the fact that Turkey has been the negotiator uh, on Ukraine-Russia relations in recent times means that it provides for the future a, a potential framework uh, for taking this relation forward. Today is not the day, but Turkey no doubt uh, will come in highly useful when that moment arrives. So as NATO looks to its next Secretary General, replacing Jens Stoltenberg, who's due to retire in the autumn, having somebody who has Stoltenberg's same ability and acumen to travel to Ankara, get on with the Turks, uh, and keep the family together and gradually resolve the difficult issues is going to be very important. NATO needs a, a Jens Stoltenberg Mark II. Hopefully, somebody out there is willing and able to step into his shoes. Thank you for uh, listening today. Look forward to engaging with you very soon.